Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast the show where two former roommates talk about a new movie every week. This week on the show we're talking about Clueless. Wow. You guys talk like grown-ups. Oh, well this is a really good school. Mr. Hall was way harsh. He gave me a C minus. <laughs> well, he gave me a C which drives down my entire average. Hello. There was a stop sign. I totally paused. You tried driving in platforms. Oh, should I write them a note? Ew, get off of me. Ah, as if. Cher's got attitude about high school boys. It's a personal choice every woman has got to make for themselves. Cher is saving herself for Luke Perry. Cher, you're a virgin? I mean, I'm not prude. I'm just highly selective. I mean, you see how picky I am about my shoes, and they only go on my feet. I'm the host, Corbin's Vocal, and joining me is my wonderful and fashionable co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, you're obviously a fashion expert, so this movie is perfect for you. How are we doing? How are we feeling? What's shaking? <laughs> What's shaking? No, uh, I'm doing great, man. Really appreciate that intro. Just getting better and better every week here. But uh, yeah, you're right. I, I, I would consider myself, you know, one of the more fashionable people, you know, maybe on the planet. I'm going that big but um, yeah if I'm being honest you know for this movie I'm a little clueless you know the title says it all but uh I'm excited to be here man how you doing I'm doing pretty good and I'm feeling pretty excited because for this penultimate episode of season two we have a very special guest finally coming on the pod my wonderful girlfriend Mina Naki Mina are you as clueless as Cody I think she's frozen (laughs) I think she lagged out. She's back. I thought that would happen. My internet connection is unstable. That's fine. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, unstable internet girl. What's going on? Not much. How's it going? Meh. (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) Her Wi-Fi is clueless today. Sheesh. All right. (laughs) We're going to talk Clueless, obviously, 1995 classic. Uh, Mina, why did you want to talk about Clueless? Well, first of all, I wanted to pick a movie that you guys would never pick otherwise. And I thought this was a pretty safe bet. And it's just a fantastic movie about the 90s and pop culture at that time. And it's so unapologetically itself. It's like a bit ridiculous. So. That would be fun to talk about with you. Yeah, I think it's, I'm excited to talk about this one. Uh, I hit it at the top. This is our our final movie-based episode of season two. Next week, we've got uh, some Oscar talk as as well as a little bit of Q&A type stuff planned for the season finale. Uh, but this is our last episode with these exact same categories. So sit back and enjoy. And uh, let's go on a little journey to Beverly Hills. Cody, hit me with your initial thoughts. Yeah, I got a few. Yeah, first off, I mean, this is just the end of an era here. Basically, this is basically just the last episode of season two, so big rips up there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Clueless, this is like the quintessential 90, 90s movie, I would say. Everything about it just screams the 90s. And, uh, you know, I like the 90s. I was born there, you know, in the end, but uh, still born. Uh, yeah, just in general. Are you a, Do you consider yourself a 90s baby? I mean, I was born in 99, so what other 
what, what else can I even say? I mean, but aesthetic, but, aesthetically and, and passionately, <laughs> do you connect with the nineties? Uh, no, no, but I, uh, I wouldn't say so either. You fucking nerd. <laughs> all right thanks for stepping on my initial thoughts here but uh anyways yeah you know this movie's interesting um i really like the cast there's some interesting themes uh it's super quotable super fun uh all in all i did enjoy it uh I first time seeing it right it is yeah that's that's a good point i had not seen this movie before i think i talked to Corver a little bit i thought this was the same movie as like legally blonde i think uh i literally thought they were the same movie but no they're different but uh, they do have similar qualities. I feel like um, th- there's sort of three movies that you can just all pair together here. You got uh, Legally Blonde, Clueless, and Mean Girls. I mean, this is basically Mean Girls, but just from Regina George's perspective. Uh, sort of, you bring in the weirdo new kid, you know, we give him, give him a radio or whatever, make him cool, blah, blah, blah. We feel bad for everybody, and, you know, everybody falls in love. So, I mean... It, it, it's nothing crazy, but it's a lot of fun. Like I, I did enjoy this movie and uh, I think it's a good pick for me. Now. So yeah, that's my initial thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. I think I'd throw 10 things I hate about you into that grouping uh, of high school movies. Uh, I know that's another one that Mina really enjoys. So they kind of fit together. I would say this is almost like an eighties movie set in the nineties. It's a spiritual successor to some of those high school coming of age, you know, romance movies from the eighties and, and reimagined for, you know, the nineties, the birth of the cell phone and the pager and the the crazy nineties style and and the affluent lifestyle. Uh, Something I want to talk about is this is actually a really interesting movie to do back to back with uh, against book book smart. Obviously both female directors, female led films, different stories but they kind of play into that same conversation we had last uh, podcast a conversation I had on air with Cody as well as a conversation I had personally with Mina I just kind of about like that what it looks like you know high school movies like what what are high schoolers doing and, and how do we look at those things and for us being you know people who were not alive in 1995 I think it's really easy to look at this movie as like super nostalgic and like super reminiscent of a time even though like I have no idea if this is really what the 90s were like in Beverly Hills. I will say, I think uh, they did a pretty good job. I know they did a lot of research um, and in, in, were, in, in really immersed themselves in like what is Beverly Hills culture in 1995. And they, I think they did a good job of making that movie. I don't know why Cody's shaking his head right now. Do you have something to say? I do. I completely disagree with just, but I mean, not everything you're saying there, but they're your main argument against Booksmart is it doesn't, it isn't what high school is today. I don't think this is what high school was in the nineties at all. I know. That's what I'm saying. I, it, yeah. I, I can't say that accurately, but I think looking back at it because we weren't alive then I'm, I'm more, I'm more accepting of that fact. <laughs> I don't, cause <laughs> I don't know what the, bullshit. I don't know that's what the nineties are like. That's actually bullshit. I and mean. I think, and I think even, even if I was alive in the nineties, 25 years later, 27 years later, there's like a feeling of nostalgia. It's why like stranger things works is like people want to reminisce on the past. So like book smart in 20 years, will probably be like, Oh shit. Like this was the perfect encapsulation of 2019, even though it isn't, maybe it still feels like it. And we can look back on it and appreciate it. I will say the film's director, they sat down, they went to real Beverly Hills high schools in night in the 1990s. They talked to students, they learned slang terms you know, I think it's easier to emulate that because culture doesn't change so quickly and, 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 and information doesn't move as as fast as it as it does today, in my opinion. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I do disagree with that. I don't think at all 
that was the the point of this movie was to like this is not what the 90s high school is this is not like a documentary like yeah they did research to make it more believable but they're just telling a story it's not it's not about the high school experience it's just about these characters and what they're going through at this time in their life yeah i think for these high school movies you're, th- you're looking into it a lot more deeper than i think you need to it's it, like we host a movie podcast that's our <laughs> this is what we do oh, we're looking deep but that's too deep i mean <laughs> there's no you're, such you're thing. saying this is this is like it has to be what it was in the 90s to be a good movie I don't think that makes sense at all. This could be like this. this is I'm not saying be, that. That's not what I'm saying. This could I just be what it is in the 60s, but it's still a fun movie. Who the fuck cares? I'm sorry, but I don't understand that argument at all. But uh, besides the point, <laughs> I'm not detracting from it. My question to you is: Does this movie or Booksmart feel more Cali to you? Uh, I mean, probably this movie, just because of you get the mall setting as well, which I think is fun. But yeah, I mean. Also, modern California is kind of hard to put on screen. I feel like there's so much. and that's, so Yeah, much. that's my point. It's so much harder to capture things now than, than it was in the 90s. Culture is, is ever-changing and different. So what do we know? <laughs> exactly. I got a couple more things. First of all, they did use real high schoolers. Alicia Silverstein was literally 16 when she filmed this. Uh, I think that's very rare to find in, in a high school movie. Uh, there's definitely some of the friends like D is like, two years older than Paul Rudd is, which is strange. She's like 27. But at least for the main character of Cher, they found somebody who was like a legitimate 16-year-old girl, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, the, the other thing, obviously, just like the style and the visual language of this movie is incredibly iconic. It's it's what has so heavily paid to its cult classicness. Um, and it, it is so recognizable. Uh, you see that yellow plaid or any plaid used in this movie and you're like, oh shit, clueless. Or if you're Cody, you think legally blonde. So <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Let, let's let's move on uh to the oh wait, Mina, initial thoughts. What do you have? <laughs> Rewatching the movie. We can't skip you. What are your thoughts? Jesus, I'm the guest and you're like leaving them behind. Um, well, you left the Zoom call and rejoined. So oh, I was just sure like, you were my, welcome to the podcast. Media. This is, I didn't this is leave. Week, yeah. I didn't leave. My my computer crashed. So here on the <laughs> phone now. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> you, your audio sounds better. So it's um, good. Yeah, AirPods coming in clutch there. Um, I don't know. This is like my 10,000th time seeing this movie. It's just one of those movies you can come back to over and over again. So, um, but. Every time I come back to this movie, I just cannot get over the amount of pop culture references they make. Like every 10 seconds, there's another reference to what's happening in like their bubble at that time. And I think as far as high school movies go, this one does a good job of just showing how involved high school students are in what's going on in their bubble. Like think about TikTok right now and how many high school students are just so involved with TikTok. That's the like the equation of Elton and his cranberry CD. Like it's just kind of like whatever they're into is ha- they hyper focus on it. This movie, um, and I just enjoy how silly it is and like the random shit that pops up. That's what I got. Every person in this movie is like a caricature of a caricature in a way. Uh, it, it's ridiculous, but it works so well because it stays consistent and it creates complex, interesting people that you want to watch on screen. So let's go move on to stupidest part. You stupid. Uh, 
Cody, you want to get us started? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, yeah, I don't want to rip it in this, t- this movie too much because, I mean, it's kind of difficult as well. The, the plot's nothing crazy. It's just, it's a high school movie. But um, I do have a couple very, very shady things. First off, um, just right off the bat, I'm going to throw it out. Um, the Paul Rudd relationship is <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's the whole ex-stepbrother sexual chemistry. I don't fucking know what's going on there, so I won't touch it too much. But um, I'm going to touch it a lot. I have a lot to say about it. Go for it. You take the reins here because I don't even know what to say. Like, it's weird. Something Mina said when she was trying to pick the movie was like, she didn't want to pick a movie that we would ruin for her. Uh, And I said, well, this point's not going to ruin it for me. That is the weirdest fucking part of this movie. I was like, if you pick Clueless, you know what we're going to say. We're going to talk about how this movie started Step Bro Kinks. And things have <laughs> downward spiraled since then in the in the 27 years uh, since then. First of all, Paul Rudd, IRL, 26 years old at the time yeah, of filming this. It, the age difference is very like strange as well, I think. But. <laughs> he's, pl- he's playing someone who's like 20. So the relationship is supposed to be like. Or right. like nineteen twenty to like, like sixteen, which isn't it's like great. Senior in high school to like college, like sophomore probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Paul Rudd IRL was twenty six, and he was making out with a sixteen year old in this movie. Not great. Don't love that. Uh, yeah. So that that's the main thing. I, I have some more thoughts <laughs> la- later on uh, in the podcast as well. But uh, you know, I think if we want to talk cultural impact, this might be the greatest cultural impact it has had on uh on society. It's 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 shocking. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, I did have another one as well I want to throw out. Um, so basically Cher, she just gets held at gunpoint for no reason. <laughs> she's just downtown and she's looking nice and some fu- just some weirdo just pulls a gun on her. I mean, kind of random, kind of strange. Also, she just got sexually assaulted before that. So, I mean, <laughs> Rough it's night. kind of just like back to back getting thrown in like the worst possible situation ever uh, on the same night. So I thought that was strange. And um, also her friend has another just terrible act of violence. Some dude are like waterboarding her over the side of the mall. Like what is going on, dude? Was LA this bad in the 90s where you're just walking around and there's like gangsters everywhere? I'm confused, but these are some bad dudes in LA, I guess. So Yeah, that's uh, don't go around at night alone. I mean, be smart, Cody. Could have been you. In public at the mall, dude. She didn't get thrown off like the third floor. Well, yeah, that w- that is She kind of says it. She said, if I fall, would you catch me? She really opens it up for them to be like, wow, let's do something fucked up. She was kind of into it. She definitely suggested it. <laughs> you guys know that. <laughs> Mina, yeah. What's, yeah, the, what's the stupidest part of this movie? All right. Well, you guys tell me if this isn't stupid, but Elton putting up a picture of a girl in his locker <laughs> just because another girl he likes took it is one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever confusing. heard. Confusing. I don't want to very confusing. You guys, that's very something confusing. you've done, but <laughs> Corbin's definitely done that. But so there's that one. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. <laughs> just to me, seems like... like a weird thing to do. Sending, sending. And you're just gaslighting. Sending mixed signals. Girl. Weird vibes. 100%. Also, like before. Yeah, like two scenes before that, like Elton was literally like making out with Cher, like in class, like kissing <laughs> all over. And then she's like, oh, yeah, Elton would be perfect for my friend before before uh, Ty even shows up like to the school, like Elton's all over. I don't know why she assumed 
that Elton was not interested. I think that's just. Well, yeah, funny. but even in the girls are dumb. I don't know. There it is. Wow, too far. <laughs> and <laughs> but first of all, we don't see them before this, and he was just in a relationship. If this is how he's always been with her, that she's not going to think anything of it, even if he's in a relationship. And Cher seems not to say the title, but freaking clueless about all of this the whole time. Like she's just shocked when he is all like. I knew you liked me in the car before she gets held up at gunpoint, right? She's just absolutely baffled by that. Um, my second stupidest part is the montage of Cher sending herself things when Christian shows up. She's just like sending herself chocolates and flowers and dropping her pencil and shit. It's just like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I don't really understand it, but. I mean, yeah. it kind of worked though. She got the gay guy to like her. Not really. Well, he was gay. <laughs> I, I think you missed the point where he didn't like her <laughs> because he was gay. Uh, well, he still asked her out. I don't know. Well, you know. Boy. He got more out of the relationship than she did because she took him to a frat party where he met guys and he definitely used her. Tell me if, Tell me if this is the move or not. You're trying to set two teachers up. You decide, hey, let's give them a thermos filled with Italian roast and say, hey, why don't you go share this with another teacher? Is that is that the move? Is that how you make love happen? I mean, if that's the last step, they were subtly setting it up. I don't know if you're watching the movie there before. <laughs> <laughs> they were, that was like that was like step five of the ultimate plan. And you know, I back it. You know, it's well executed. You can't you can't really argue with that. But uh, thermos. Here's, here's a thermos. You could have put something better in coffee in it, I feel like. But... There's, no, there's no real force there, though. They're letting the teachers do it all. They just kind of oh, yeah. lay the groundwork. I like it. It's not too weird. Like, if it's students subtle. are that involved in a teacher's weird love life, it's a bit strange. Yeah. Hey, I guess it worked. So, got to respect the, uh, the plot armor there. Let's move on to uh, favorite scene. Mina, this is your movie. What's your favorite scene? Okay, so I have two. First is Murray shaving his head and Dion losing her absolute mind on that. And then she calls his mother and he's just done. <laughs> like That's just so great. <laughs> I like how Cher's uh, just like, oh yeah, they do this all the time. Like this happens at every party. <laughs> yeah, the spring dance. She spent the whole after party in the bathroom crying. Um, and then the second one is the uh, Ty's makeover montage. I just think it's fun and very... 90s rom-com like chick flick scene and it's just done really well and it's fun to watch yeah that's definitely true i think like that for me is just not as strong because i've seen mean girls like 10 times and like obviously this came out before it but like they're both i mean mean girls is just a clean ripoff of this movie if i'm being honest so but yeah definitely good scenes my favorite one that i wanted to throw out was the driving test scene uh, so obviously she's trying to get her license and she's a little preoccupied with you know figuring everything out in her life and she almost takes out a biker and then she's just smacking parked cars I mean, and then the driver test guy saying he's the messiah of the dmv i mean you really can't get much better than that quotable funny property damage i mean the best of all the world is my book there so i'd say that's probably my favorite yeah, that's that's a really good scene. I really love the the uh, 
Murray teaching D to drive this year in the back. I think that that driving scene is also really funny. The highway scene is very good too. Yeah. <laughs> That's the freeway. Turn right. Turn right. <laughs> Just driving down the middle of the road. Like, how are these people that bad at driving? Like, I get it, but like it's bad. <laughs> um, I also really it's kind of short, but the the tardy scene with Tra- I, I think Travis is probably like my favorite character. I think he's the funniest. And I when he like that. he comes up and Tardy, this isn't something you can do on your own. You know, many people have contributed. The LA City bus driver who took a chance on an unknown kid. Uh, the crew at McDonald's who spent hours making those Eggman muffins, which I might, without which I might never be tardy. Uh, and my parents for never giving me a ride. I, I think that's just really funny. Um, also, the the little frat party dance thing where she, that she goes to with Christian, where where Paul Rudd shows up to. I, I think that's a pretty fun car- a scene, just them dancing. Paul Rudd shows up. He gets with Ty. I, th- it, I don't know. There's not like a lot of like long scenes in this movie. Everything's pretty short and condensed. So it's it's more of just like these small moments that is easy to pick out. But um, yeah, those are my favorites. Good picks. Solid right. choices. Let's move on to who can act. Wow. Cody, who's the best actors in this movie? Yeah, I got a couple picks. I do want to shout out uh, Alicia Silverstone. Um, probably her best performance of all time. Haven't seen her too much. I know she's in uh, Batman and Robin, which is a you know interesting movie. But um, I think she's actually pretty good in this for how young she is. I think she's super believable. She got great chemistry with most cast. So I want to shout her out. But my obvious pick is Wallace Shawn. I mean, what is that guy not good at? <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> iconic you can't beat Wallace Shawn he's, he's, he's really only in it for like the first 15-20 minutes too which sucks I wish he was more reoccurring throughout the entire movie but I mean just one of my personal favorite actors and uh, he, he's pretty like uh, he's got an attitude in this movie too which is fun he's telling all the students basically F off like you're just bad students I'm not giving you a better grade then he gets to fall in love too so it's like the full circle he goes from a grumpy old teacher to you know just a guy in love so yeah Wallace Shawn go Cody, what are your thoughts on uh, Alicia Silverstone in Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul, where she plays Greg Heffley's mother, Susan Heffley? Are you pro? <laughs> I haven't 20... seen that one, to be fair. 2017 one, film? I would say probably Golden Globe uh, robbery on that film. I don't know why she wasn't nominated. But uh, yeah, her. I think she's been on like some sci-fi films too, just not a good IMDb as of late, which does kind of suck because I think she is an icon of the 90s. And You like, are her... forgetting her best role in Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed. Like she's the reporter in that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Who does she play? Definitely. She plays Heather. Yeah, the reporter that (laughs) ends up actually being a man, I think. Oh, is she Scrappy-Doo? Isn't (laughs) Scrappy-Doo like the bad guy in that movie? That's in the, that's in the different one. Spoiler spoiler alert. Is that spoiler alert? (laughs) 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 Who just got spoiled from Scooby-Doo 2? Uh, I don't know, but Scrappy Doo did nothing wrong. So I bet. That's not Scooby Doo too. Well, he didn't do anything wrong in Scooby Doo too. That's for sure. <laughs> Is it Scooby Doo what? <laughs> yeah, just Scooby Doo. <laughs> actually, I actually need to stop. All jokes aside, this is an anti-Scrappy-Doo podcast. Probably the worst no, thing. Probably the, the worst just thing to ever Scrappy. happen to Scooby Doo was Scrappy Doo. Atrocious. Scrappy Scrappy Doo. TV tropes. Absolutely oh, horrible. James Gunn, be better. Don't use them. All right. Uh, who can act? I mean, Cher, Alicia Silverstone, good choice. Uh, I got to shout out my boy, Donald Faison. Uh, yeah. he's, here's the thing. 
Uh, he's in Scrubs, which I've talked about on the show before. He kind of just like plays the same character, but if he like matured and went to med school, uh, there's a lot of like flashback scenes or even like the, just these moments where they're like, yeah, like he has that like same character in him. Like he, he pulls the pants down. He calls people woman. It, it, it's like the same thing. It's really funny. Uh, and then I got to give Brecken Myers, Travis. Hey, man, you can't play a, a stoner skater better than that. Uh, I think he absolutely nails the role funniest part of the movie uh and just always brings some like lightheartedness to every scene he's in and and rest in peace to him you know it's, a, it's it was a sad not rest in peace he's not dead but oh. <laughs> just all of his, his hopes and dreams just constantly shattered throughout the movie until finally he can get some love and go hang out on the fucking grassy knoll you loser jesus all right for you travis <laughs> tardy king my king Go, I think he is one of the better characters in the movie, honestly. I, he's just like a he's got a good heart, too. It's like he's funny, but you still love him, you know. Good mm-hmm. guy, Mina. Who you got? Who can act? So, I also said Alicia Silverstone. Um, I mean, Cher's just iconic, and to play that role of someone so ditzy, but also just like so charismatic about what she actually cares about is really impressive. I think. Um, I also said Brittany Murphy as Ty actually rip her she is dead um she did die (laughs) yeah 13 years bagpipes cody bagpipes (laughs) bring out the bagpipes she had like a really tough time in hollywood like with like people saying she was fat and stuff so honestly i think she does a really good job playing someone who's kind of going through an identity crisis throughout this whole movie like she moves to this school and everyone's telling her that she can't be who she is they're changing her accent changing her hair within the first five minutes of her being there and then at by the end she's back to where she wants to be hanging out with Travis Birkenstock at his skateboarding competition and I think it's she just does a really good job portraying that dude can shred rest in peace to the eight mile queen herself Cody who can't act uh I only have one pick for this category and I don't mean to single this man out but gotta be Paul Rudd I mean and himself the thing is he's, he's not bad bad in this movie but it's like it's Paul Rudd and you pretty much gave him nothing to do like he's just there making quips kind of being an asshole you know the ex-stepbrother whatever but I mean he's like he, he can't even like talk the entire movie he's, he's trying to be like me basically just stuttering his way through he can't hold a whole sentence he can't dance I mean this Star, is, this is starstruck by underage girls well, not based on me on that, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Paul Rudd, he's literally second billing and all of his lines are just like throwaway jokes, I feel like. But um, yeah, I mean, he's not bad. I don't think there's any standout bad people in this movie, which is definitely a, you know, a positive to the movie. I think it's, it's solid performances around, but um, he doesn't do shit. So yeah, Paul Rudd, I expect better from him. Yeah, uh, Paul Rudd's not great. I don't know. There's something just inherently charismatic about Paul Rudd where it's like you still kind of just love him a little bit. Like, oh, he's definitely that, like that's, that's why he. I mean, that's why he's you know continued to to last in Hollywood for so long, and obviously he doesn't age either. So, uh, he's just a he's a person you want to look at on screen. Mina, who do you think can act? Uh, I said Alyssa Donovan, who plays Amber. I really Agree. just hate the character Agree. Amber, but it's she's just a square the whole movie. Fuck Amber. You, she's just uh, 
I think honestly that's what Amber's supposed to be so she probably did actually have like a pretty good performance there but compared to everyone else like I just really didn't like her performance at all so do you remember which character Amber is yeah of course it's the the one that Alicia Silverstone is like beef with the entire movie nah you're supposed to say no because she's forgettable and no one cares what colors her hair she's awful uh red black i don't know somewhere in between exactly <laughs> completely red, i couldn't i couldn't tell you what this girl looks like uh i could she she does nothing well congratulations she does nothing on screen <laughs> could you cody <laughs> she has no heart no motivation she literally just acts as a foil to to share and in, in is elisa donovan sorry but be better wow stand out come on <laughs> You guys are hating on her for, for doing her job. I don't know. She got tough. She faded into the background. I didn't hate too hard. Corbin got way worse. <laughs> yeah, she's a background character. What do you want her to do? It's fucking clueless. Everybody should stand out. And she's like the one person who like, even, you know, Wallace Shawn's got some drip to him. If you think about it, this chick's got he's no Wallace Shawn. That's just because yeah. that's who he is. You can't yeah. say anybody else in that role. It's forgettable. Yeah, the Princess Bride's awful. What about Rob Riggle? What do you think oh. about Rob Riggle? as the debate wow he's getting 21 jump street speaking of the recast let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back to talk recasting and why rob riggle should play the debate teacher i'm back it and we're back cody the recast you're fired you're fired you're fired you're fired i got one for you you ready wow leonardo dicaprio you ever heard of him anybody no what's his name Small time actor. Studio. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, who are you putting him in for? Christian. Which one's Christian? Oh, the oh, the gay, the gay one. Yeah, no, he looks like um, what's that actor's name? Uh, I don't know. What's that movie mm. for? <laughs> From like the sixties. You're being really descriptive. I appreciate <laughs> that. Casablanca. James Dean or something? Is that guy's name? James Dean. Yeah, that's what Does you're he talking about. Does not look like James Dean? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what he's going for. He, he, he drives like a 50s car. It's Yeah. Doesn't he you know. say that in the movie? Yeah. Also, uh, James yeah. James Dean died in 1985. Doesn't he ask if the jacket makes him James Dean or Jason Priestley? Yes, he does say uh, that. Yeah, Rebel Without a Cause. That's what I was thinking. Shout, yeah. out, shout out Mary in Indiana. Birthplace of James Dean. Uh, yeah. So Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean, hey, let's get him in the biggest movie of 1995, which is not this, but let's also put him in this movie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he listen, I, I think I he don't should, think he's going to play that role well. Listen, I think he probably would he's be not better play that role well. in the in the, like the Paul Red role, I think. But he's just not old enough because he was also like pretty young at this time, 1995. Uh, he's younger than Paul Red, So, you know. It makes it less creepy, but still not. I mean, he actually would be. I think he was like, I think he was like twenty. So I guess realistically, he probably that could makes play. It, but that makes Le- it better, yeah. Leo looks younger. He played like his always kind of looks pretty young, especially like in his early twenties. So it probably would. I don't know. Just put him in the movie. like Romeo and Juliet. Leo, how old was he in there? Yeah, that's, like that, that's a that's around the same time. Yeah, I, I like that. Why not mix it up? Do you think Leo can portray like that? gay character like the actor that plays christian wow. can like i'm not saying anything bad about leo's performances but like well i think the, never i think all christian i mean christian's character is 
supposed to be a little ambiguous. I don't think it's like the most flamboyantly homosexual person in the entire world. He just uh, likes to shout, man. It's I mean, just like right? a it's just like a pretty boy who who loves the fifties, and I don't know. Uh, I think Leo could pull that off. I don't. <laughs> I feel like Leo would be better as like Elton or something. Yeah, Leo doesn't have the chops. It's just too small. Elton, nah. we hate Elton. I don't just know. Elton's fun. Mina, who you are you putting in this movie? So I went and recasted Miss Geist in Mr. Hall. Oh, Cody. Uh, just because I wanted to see like a little bit of a different dynamic. So I went and cast Diane West as Miss Geist. The same age as the actress current that played Miss Geist in the movie. So I just thought, why not? And <laughs> and then Mr. Hall, I thought it'd be really funny to see like Samuel L. Jackson in that role. Because mm. he's also the same age and the, as um Diane West would have been at that time. And I just think Samuel L. Jackson as a debate teacher in uh, Beverly Hills High School would be really freaking funny. Um, but then I also thought a more serious one like Gene Hackman as Mr. Hall would also work pretty well. Yeah, I think that Gene Hackman probably makes a little more sense. Uh, I think Samuel Jackson, like 1995, his sensibilities as an actor don't necessarily align with like the comedy of this movie uh, and, and like the things that Samuel Jackson was doing at the time. Hold up. Does this I have think, to be him think, in 1995? Well, you no. said age. You were saying age, but I'm saying like a 2010, like Samuel Jackson, I think would actually kill that role. I just think like 1995, I mean, Samuel Jackson probably doesn't. That's my point. Why? What was he in the in the nineties that was so serious? I mean, just like his pulp fiction character is is like not well, like it's pulp it's fiction. Funny. Yeah, I mean you can say that about anybody. Yeah, John Travolta in any other movie, but pulp fiction is not the same thing. I don't think it's a good example. But like I think of him in like uh Die Hard Three where he's this like wisecracking guy. I don't know. I, I back it either way. I think Sam Jackson's decent in comedic roles. I think it just would have been interesting to see him dealing with a bunch of teenagers, like Cher arguing her grade with Sam Jackson. Like that yeah. would be really entertaining to watch. What about him in him in uh, the Phantom Menace? Sure. He Only performs. if he brings a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll go over to my replacement here. Um, I'm getting rid of Paul Rudd, obviously, and um, we want you know a good-looking guy. I think Paul Rudd, he's all right, but who's better than? Um, Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, aka Mark Paul Gosling. I mean, you're going from one high school show to straight to the big screen. Um, and yeah, I think this guy's got charisma, make the movie a little bit more interesting. The I don't know how old he was around this time, uh, probably should look that up, but uh, he's on the younger side, I'd say it's less creepy than Paul Rudd. And um, I mean, if you get rid of the step bro stuff, it's you know, just less creepy in general, but yeah, I like Saved by the Bell and uh throw this guy in i feel like he doesn't do a ton of stuff other than say by the bell mostly because he's not a good actor but i mean that kind of fits in this movie so why not throw him in all right fair enough i like that question mm-hmm. we're all hating on paul rudd like step bro storyline how <laughs> how else would you have his character be in there like you could have him be uh her real brother i think that would really switch things up <laughs> jesus <laughs> He could just be an intern at the law firm who's like an old family friend. I don't know. Okay. Like, that was pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes, and that curious. would, that would make the, like the law firm storyline make a little bit more sense. Cause just like the fact that it's like so heavily included, like he's just always 
they're just always reading depositions at the house. Like that's a little weird. Well, they got to rip off Legally Blonde somehow. I mean, <laughs> I mean true. he's. I mean, he literally says he's going into law, but he'd rather do environmental law than corporate law. Like they don't have an office. What? <laughs> how I Met Your Mother ripped off this too. He doesn't yeah. need an office. <laughs> and How I Met Your Father ripped off How I Met Your Mother. So, uh, you, you probably watched that, didn't you, Jordan? Just a rip on all No, the but you, you know who did? <laughs> you. No, Jake Ross. That's somebody who would watch that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Junior watched that opening night. Absolutely, he, did. he texts me. It's not good. Yeah, no, no doubt. It's got fucking Josh Peck in it. What do you think it's gonna be good? Oh, it's got Josh Peck. I'll I'll watch it then. Why not? Okay, uh, I just want to throw some with Josh Peck. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> don't you you like Drake and Josh? Don't you? <laughs> eh. Oh, Josh, Peck, Josh Peck is just kind of sad. Like it's just kind of sad at this point. Can we agree with what that? Is- Pursuing his dreams as an actor, yeah, that's pretty. Nah, cool. the whole the, this the social media stint was was a low moment for Josh. Uh, Wasn't that Drake? <laughs> no, well, yes, Drake like groomed. Yeah, shot. Killed a guy Groom, or no, he groomed it like a thirteen year old kid. Well, that's so. bad. Yeah, I knew yeah. he flew the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The and then he like changed his name to Drake Campana. Yeah. He tried to make yeah. Mexican music yeah uh i want to throw some things out for you people who auditioned for roles in the film see if Mm -hmm. you guys say just yay or nay real quickly reese witherspoon for share yay or nay i mean that's legally blonde bro you can't (laughs) can't do that like same movie at that point so now mina mina what do we think (laughs) yeah all right terrence howard i think she would have been fine at it all right Okay. See, Legally Blonde is a good movie, Cody. Don't hate it. I like that. I like that movie. I didn't Never. say it was bad. It's just the same thing. Never seen it. All right. Terrence Howard for Murray. What do we think? I like it. I like Terrence Howard. Mm. I don't know if he's that funny. I, I don't the really real, know Terrence Howard. The real roadie, Terrence Howard. Oh, the OG roadie. Here's an interesting one. Jeremy Renner auditioned for the role of Christian, which I awful terrible <laughs> i would love to see that <laughs> and and josh as well which i you know uh also bad in my opinion but you know what's the other guy's name emmett he could have been emmett uh his name you mean elton yeah elton <laughs> i don't think no, he should have been first of all <laughs> jeremy renner i don't know i can only picture him like kind of wrinkly and like how he looks now yeah <laughs> What did Jeremy? What did he look like in 1995? Like I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. It's a good uh, question. He would have been 24. So like, you know that they we have 24 year olds play high schoolers all the time. Uh, but yeah, okay, maybe he looked like a a normal person. What, what okay. was the movie that he was young in? Like, I don't uh, even know. He, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I could. I I'm looking at some pictures. <laughs> maybe maybe he, he still kind of looks creepy and like old uh <laughs> moving on river, yeah zoe de chanel for amber and share mm. not share yeah definitely not share maybe amber zoe de chanel yeah yeah she's got to play very specific characters specific and I, character. I don't know her i don't I again like 90s Zoe de Chanel. I don't know. Elf is kind of past that point, but weird. Uh next one for you. Owen Wilson for Travis. 
Oh, hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. I can skateboard. <laughs> I like that a lot. I just think Travis would be so different, but I don't think it would be a bad thing. Oh, he, he would not be likable at all. I feel like I'd be like, fuck Owen Wilson. He's trying to skateboard. He's got long hair. What's going on here? Absolutely. Uh, last one, Seth Green for Travis. I kind of like this. I could see it. Mm-hmm. Seth Green kind of like Seth Green kind of like always played these characters in the '90s a little bit, like the the fourth, fifth billing, like weird kind of stoner friend character that has a love interest. He kind of does it in Buffy a little bit, um, so I, it would work. He's probably not as funny though. Um, yeah, I don't know why they're trying to take away Travis, dude. Goat character. Well, they they're not. They just had other people audition. <laughs> Nobody's trying to that, take him away. That's smart, dude. All right, last one, last one, last one. Lauren Hill. For D. Who's Lauren Hill? The famous singer Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. You're not, not familiar with Lauren Hill. I don't know how that is. What's she sing? <sighs> I, I actually don't know. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but <laughs> I'll look it up later. It's all right. <laughs> I'll say yes, yeah, sure. I like singers. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh killing me soft this song, X Factor, ready or not, do up, nothing even matters, turn your lights on low. I can't can't take my eyes off you. Lauren Hill's been like heavily sampled by like modern hip hop, so you've definitely heard. uh, I've probably heard songs. I just don't know she is. Any other final thoughts on recasting? I think this movie does a pretty good job of casting the characters. So, yeah, I think it's a decent cast. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what was hard about. Yeah, I think that was hard about like what you were asking about people who audition like. They picked the right people. It was just like really good. Yeah, for sure. Let's move on to Welcome to the Academy. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Mina, what real or fictional awards would you like to give this film? I only did fictional. Um, so I gave this one the most high school nose jobs shown mm. in the movie. Oh, that's a good like, one. You just see a oh, bunch man. of teenage girls with the their noses covered, and Amber talks about how she can't have balls flying on her face, and so <laughs> it, ru- it ruins her whole her entire social life. <laughs> that is true, though. Like, I feel like Tough. every every shot, somebody's walking around, and you just see like they have the marks on their nose, they have on like their jaw or something. Really subtle detail that I do like yeah. a lot, and it's not even. Yeah, and they're not even the same extras. Like, it's always a different person, which I really like. That it's not just the same girl walking around. Um, and my other one is the most pop culture references in a movie. Do you have a like, favorite? every 10 seconds, they make some other reference. Do you have a favorite pop culture reference? Probably the, how often they... Oh, uh, I don't know. I just like how she keeps calling people Bettys the whole time. Like, not a total Betty. What a Betty. I liked when they uh, referred to uh, him as such a Baldwin. And then that became a phrase. So there you go. Cody, what awards are you giving this film? Uh, I got a couple. First one, I mean, I feel like it could have been nominated for best production design, best costume design. Definitely up there. I mean, they obviously put like a lot of time into them to the wardrobe and the sets as well like that mansion's pretty sick all yeah. the art around like the pool and stuff i think it's it's pretty legit uh, for production design yeah i got the receipts here for at least make makeup and costume design so 
1995 uh, best makeup went to Braveheart. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and then only only two other films were nominated. Just weird that like a movie like this isn't nominated for best makeup. Uh, now it's makeup and hairstyling. I guess this was just makeup, so it probably focused more on like recreating looks of certain time periods. Um, and then best costume design, uh, Restoration One, and then Twelve Monkeys, Braveheart, Richard the Third, and Sense and Sensibility. A lot of period pieces there yeah. uh, were nominated for best costume design. So I think this is a movie that like today would probably be nominated for both those categories and potentially win one of them. Um, but in 1995, it's not getting a look whatsoever. I mean, like a, a romantic comedy, yeah, no one cares about it. Directed by a, a, a female, obviously, the Academy doesn't respect that either. So, oh, nobody in the Academy even saw this movie. Yeah, <laughs> what a joke. Uh, but I did have another one, um, and uh, it's probably debatable. But I have the worst computer scene of all time. Um, obviously, the beginning where she's mixing and maxing, matching. I can't even talk. Uh, outfits on her computer uh pretty outdated stuff there i mean i don't know if anyone's ever actually done that a little cringe but uh i just don't think they knew how computers worked when they're when they're filming that oh my god but uh yeah worst computer scene probably debatable there's there's a few of them jurassic park uh the social network obviously but um yeah this one probably takes the cake <laughs> he's wired in he's wired in uh here's my uh Here's my take. Uh, of all video across all time periods, this is the healthiest portrayal of a stepbrother stepsister relationship. Uh, <laughs> moving forward, <laughs> this is also there's a moment in this film that I like to identify as the worst Paul Rudd has ever looked in his entire life. Uh, he's sitting poolside. He's got shades on. He's wearing all black. He's got weird, like a a goatee, but it's like a five o'clock shadow goatee and he's uh, reading Nietzsche. So all around, just awful, awful look for Paul Rudd. Hate that for him. Please don't ever show me that again. What's wrong about that? You just read the book by the pool, bro. It's like a fake philosophical like moment. He's the goatee's awful. The outfit's terrible. And it's like Cher fell for this dude. Strange. Well, tough. Going for his throat. I mean, I respect that, I guess, but he's just trying to grow a goatee. Not all of us, not all of us can do it, man. It's kind of hard. He's, he's going through his college existential crisis. Leave him alone. Oh, good for him. And it's the worst Paul Rudd ever looked. So I guess you know, <laughs> things looked, got better after that. Wow. That's Let, let's move on to weird movie details trivia. I have two questions. Uh, what about you guys? I only have one. One. I have. I have three. Okay. Well, okay. Mina, get it started then. Quiz us on this movie. Prepared. See if we watched it. Well <laughs> so at the frat party, when Ty comes in and falls down the stairs, her outfit there. How many different ways does she tie her shirt and wear it when they keep panning back and forth between Cher and Christian and her? <laughs> Uh, good question. Corbin, you want to take a guess first? Uh, are there options? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. Six. six. Wait, okay, let's let's break this down. Let's work together as a team, Cody. How many yeah, okay. times could, like, how many different ways can you tie a shirt? Well, she, well I mean, she tied it around her uh, waist one time. Waist. So like, 
maybe it's, it's, around a, it's, like, a, it's a finite number. We got to find it. Around like her arm or something, maybe. I'm going to say four. <laughs> I'll say, what'd you say? I, I thought six was a good guess. I'll, I'll say six. Oh, man, you guys, on either side, it's five. Uh, well, at we one were, point, we're she together, uses yeah. it as a headband. Really? She I missed that. She ties it up around her head. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a good uh, weird movie trivia there. I'll tell you that because I would have never guessed that. <laughs> All right, Mina, hit us with another one, and then we'll start bouncing around. All right. Um. Which character later became a regular on Law and Order? Uh, probably not Wallace Shawn. Uh, maybe it was Alicia Silverstone. Hmm? No Googling over there, Corbin. I'm just looking at the cast. I'm trying to remember. Mm. Not really. It's got to be random. Is it? Yeah. I mean, is it's it Stacy Dash? Yeah, it's that's someone who's in the movie, like a decent amount of time, like not just <laughs> like. Can confirm they're in the there. movie. My guess is Stacey Dash. That's my guess as well. Yeah, you're both wrong. Elton, Jeremy Sisto, it becomes a regular on Law and Order. It's one of the detectives. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, he does look like that dude. Yeah, okay. Tough. All right, you guys are co- zero for two. Huh. Well, sorry. Let's see if you can answer my questions. <laughs> First one, this one's a little bit easier. Uh, this is actually a, a loose adaptation of a Jane Austen novel. Which Jane Austen novel? And I can give choices. Uh, Little House on the Prairie. She wrote that one? <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Pride and Prejudice, mm. Lady Susan, Emma, or Persuasion? I'll say uh, Pride of Prejudice. It's the only Jane Austen book I think I know. Other than Little House on the Prairie. Mina, what do you think? I think it's Emma. You would be correct. It is Emma. You know your movie. Good job. Yeah, I'm sure I know my movie. (laughs) We'll we'll see about that. All right, my turn for the trivia question. (laughs) It has absolutely (laughs) nothing to do with this movie. But um, basically, Wallace Shawn is he's appeared in a lot of stuff but um he was in a tv sitcom um where he also played a school teacher interestingly enough so yeah the question is what show is that and we got options first one uh blackish good show the wonder years yeah all right show saved by the bell or young sheldon <laughs> very good option saw- on there I so badly want it to be young Sheldon. Like, so badly. (laughs) Maybe it is. (laughs) Obviously, huge fan of young Sheldon. uh, So I would know for a fact that uh, he's not in that show. (laughs) I just would love him teaching Sheldon Cooper at any point in his life. That would be so fun. Is he he homies with Anthony Anderson? I don't know. Blackish? That seems weird. That's that's a weird. That I think you're trying to throw us off with that one. What uh, were the but, other ones? But also the Wonder Years and Saved by the Bell. Oh, I'm going with Saved by the Bell. You already talked about Zach Morris during this pod, so would you would you bring it up yeah. again? Uh, I'm gonna go Wonder Years to <laughs> to be contrarian. I went straight mind games here. So yeah, Blackish. That's I feel like that's out of left field. Not that one. 
Saved by the Bell. That's also wrong because I brought up Paul Goss already. It is Young Sheldon. He is in Young Sheldon. Wait, does uh, he play Young Sheldon? No, he doesn't play Young Sheldon. <laughs> he plays a teacher. You that was a good question. No, uh, one time before I was, I was watching Survivor, and Young Sheldon was on before, and and Wallace Shawn popped up on the screen as his teacher. I couldn't believe it, but uh, yeah, he is in Young Sheldon. I actually think I have seen him on Young Sheldon. Like I, I've only seen that episode one show once, but I, I think I've seen it happen. But you should have said it. I, I mean, uh, I, I didn't. I'm never listening to you again. <laughs> I hate that fucking little kid. Screw Sheldon in all forms. I bet uh, it. All right. About 20 minutes into the film, we get a look at her report card that has been corrected. Uh, she, you know, her C's are changed to A's. Next to every single one of her classes, there's a short note about how she's doing. I have a list of all those notes. Tell me which of the following is not actually appearing on her report card. Excellent composition and vocabulary is A. B, misunderstands budgeting. C, wouldn't dissect a frog. D, ill-prepared and undisciplined. E, must learn responsibility. F, must try harder to pay attention to current events. Or G, nice shapes. Nice shapes. <laughs> uh, you gave a lot of options there, I'm not going to lie. Uh what was I that? lost track after A. F or something? I'll say E. Sound sounded like bullshit. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't know which one I said was E, but. Jesus. <laughs> must try. I, I believe. The last one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, that. It would be the third to last one. Uh, okay. The third to last one. Must learn responsibility. No, there's one after that. Okay. So that'd be F. And it would be. Must try, must try harder to pay attention to current events. Yeah, that's no, that's definitely it. There's no current events class. Come on, dude. Mina, what are you thinking? So yeah, all of these are connected to a class. So if you could try and identify maybe what class you don't think she she would be in. Well, uh, what's the shapes class? I missed that one. But... I don't know what class do you learn shapes in, Cody. Not geometry. Mm, yeah, definitely not. Mina, what are we thinking? Uh, I even paused on this scene today when watching this movie. Damn. Um, I'm going to go with the nice shapes. It's misunderstands budgeting. I made that up. Uh, that is not, she did not take a personal finance class. Uh, for the record, the English composition was the excellent composition of vocabulary. Debate was where she was ill-prepared and undisciplined. Biology one, she would not dissect a frog. Physical education is where she needs to learn more responsibility. World history is where she needs to try harder to pay attention to current events, which is a strange thing to write for world history. But um, and then finally, geometry was in fact nice shapes. So (laughs) I like it. Interesting. All right, Mina, what's your last question? All right. What reasons does Elton give when he's trying to leave class? There's three times he does this in the movie. Uh, he's gonna go to the bathroom. Uh, he left a CD out in the uh, the yard, and 
uh, he, I think the one time he just asked for like a the pass. I don't think he said anything. I got two, Corbin. You got to pull one out. It's... I have no idea. The CD one's pretty memorable. He said something about second time. He's like something, something about going to the bathroom. I don't remember the line, but that's all I got. <laughs> Corbin's not pulling his weight in the Steve effort over here. Do you want me to tell you what they are? I wouldn't yeah. have got. I wouldn't have gotten any of them. So the first, the first one, he says his cranberry CD is out in the quad. He's got to go get it before someone takes it. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Hall says no. The second time, he raises his hand. He says, "Yeah, my foot hurts. I need to go see the nurse. Uh, no bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, he's in Miss Guy's class, and he says, uh, "Can I use the pass?" Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like, like she asks the question. Yeah, you did good, Cody. Probably need to work. You need to work better. Yeah, I need to work on my paying attention skills. Uh, <laughs> all right. So all in all, we all did pretty bad uh, on our our knowledge of this movie. So we would we would have to debate our way to getting an A in each other's classes. Let's move on to pitch time. Cody, what's your pitch for a sequel, oh. prequel, remake? You start with me. I got a doozy this week. Um, so I'm going for a sequel, obviously. For this type of movie, you got to bring back the entire cast. Uh, everybody's going to be old, but it's going to be fun. So my title is Less Clues. You get it? There's less clues. Um, essentially, it's just a clue sequel. So we got a murder mystery here with the cast of Clueless. And... Um, yeah, it's like high school reunion, blah, blah, blah. Her dad's hosting. Next thing you know, he's dead. Adios. Um, and yeah, basically, Sharon's at the helm. She's like this big shot lawyer now, and she's going all detective mode. And it turns out, I'm going to spoil the movie for you here, but uh, Paul Rudd, he's making a cameo at the end, and he actually, he's the murderer. Um, they fell on bad terms, obviously, since the whole step bro thing didn't work out. And um, he's come back for revenge, and uh it gets messy, but yeah, I want a clue sequel with the clueless cast. Why not? I'd watch it. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I would well, actually watch it. I'm surprised they haven't done a sequel for this movie, honestly, because um, it's pretty iconic, but I think that'd be a fun way to do it. As far as sequels go, I feel like it's on the same level as like Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller, where it's better that there's not. So they can't ruin anything good that's happened in this movie. That's definitely true, but it's Hollywood, and they love sequels. So if they pay the cast enough, they'll definitely do it. But, yeah, I definitely agree with that. They made it a TV show after the movie came out. There was, like, a Clueless series. Yeah, but it'd be, like, Fuller House. and uh, <laughs> They had I- to recast Cher because Alicia Silverstone <laughs> wouldn't come back. <laughs> they recast, like, everybody except for Dee. She's, like, the only person that really Really? Out. Yeah. Huh. That's weird. Um, I will say, you know, hearing that pitch, I'm glad that we will not be continuing pitching things in season three, Cody. Uh, that was more better pitches. Oh, that's a top five pitch in this season, no doubt. <laughs> Let Less that clues, up. bro. Less clues. Let's hear your title. Um, well, I was going to bring up the fact that they, in fact, did make a shitty TV show uh, where yeah. they only only brought up brought D back. Um, this was actually originally conceptualized to be a t- television show. And then they were like, oh, let's just make it a movie. Um, and then, you know, at the end, 
they make the movie and then they redo the TV show and only bring back like one character that's the same and recast everybody else, whatever. Um, I don't, I don't really like, like me to say, I don't really want to see a sequel of this. Uh, let's get some like fashion line. That's like based on this show. Give me like 2022 JC Penney's going to come out with the clueless line and it's going to be like the, the fashion, but a revitalization of it and in modernized, but, but taking these iconic styles. Um, and then they can make a little like documentary TV show about it. Bring all the original cast back, have a big event, you know, make it a whole thing. That's my take. Make it a charity thing. <laughs> for JC Penney or just for like people who need it. <laughs> yeah. It's a charity. I mean, have you seen the state of malls in America? I mean, this That's movie what I'm is very pro they mall. Need, they need the money. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Also, um, I just want to say that like this movie, this should have gone into initial thoughts. But this movie was kind of like the original MTV documentary about like rich kids. Like, you know, like they do like the reality TV show. Like this is like almost emulating that before it was a thing. Like you've got this chick who lives in Beverly Hills and super rich and like, complex but ditzy but smart but caring who's who's kind of crazy at the same time um and she breaks the fourth wall and it's like this this little documentary and i think mtv you know recaptured this energy uh in the early 2000s so that that's like a spiritual successor in a way throw legally blonde and teen mom in <laughs> and you've got <laughs> you've got this movie keeping up with the kardashians yeah yeah exactly exactly it's 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 like that idea of like wanting to live in that life a little bit it's like the high school before jersey shore mm, yeah very a lot of similarities who's snooky yeah <laughs> let's not get into it mina uh, probably your friend yeah amber for sure <laughs> no. Mina, what's what's your pitch so i like i already said don't want a sequel but i do want a requel so i want it to be like them rebooting this but still have them the original characters be in it but now it's their kids living through this and they also and they have the names from like early 2000s people that are like famous or like 90s because i feel like sharon dion are gonna do some stupid shit like that right and so it's just like their life like this because i think it would be awful but <laughs> social media ruins their whole dynamic there right like they're all like it's, and that's why it's social- impossible to make movies about modern children. But I feel like social media kind of ruins the whole aspect of what this high school was like. They're constantly hanging out together, paging each other, going to the mall. High school kids don't do that so much anymore unless they're in the Midwest and have nothing better to do. So like... <laughs> kids these days, man, they don't, they don't get together and hang out. Get on like, the phone, you kids. Go to the mall. That's the entirety of the movie. As we say, as we're on our phones and computers. Support support <laughs> capitalism, kids. No. This is, a, this is not a pro-capitalism comp, uh, comp podcast, whatever. Fuck uh, I, uh, I also wrote, speaking of capitalism, uh, share speech about the, the Hadians. Uh, the Haitians? Well, she refers to them as the Hadians, which apparently, <laughs> apparently, Alicia, apparently Alicia Silverstone legitimately didn't know how to pronounce Haitian. So they just like didn't correct her and, and let her do the scene, which <laughs> it fits. Uh, she's yeah. the perfect casting, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, she, she, she raises some good points. It was about like her, her dad's 50th birthday or something. 
She raises some good points. If the government can just get into the kitchen, rearrange a little. Like, it's fine. Exactly. She is a totally ba- she, she's a base leftist icon. That's what I want to say. <laughs> so, okay. Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? And it's like, when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? People came that, like, did not RSVP. So I was, like, totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place settings, and, like, people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was like, the more, the merrier. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. She's pro-socialist. All right, that is our talk on this movie. Let's move on to our ratings. Cody, what do you rate this movie? Yeah, it's a tough one to rate. I don't know where to put it. Um, so I'll stick it on an even number. Looks good. I'll go 50 out of 69 here. You know, I gave it 50 points. That's, that's pretty good. Um, but uh, in general, it's probably mid-tier for me. I would say Mean Girls is probably superior. Um, but, uh, I mean, for the first watch as well, it's it's definitely one of those where you want to watch it like three or four times to get the full experience, I'd say. So I'm not the best person to rate this movie, but that is my rating. Yeah, I think you can definitely pick up on a lot of things on a, a second or third watch. And it is a, it's a pretty rewatchable movie. Um, maybe we'll talk Mean Girls one day, but we only release our episodes on Tuesdays. So I don't know if it's really appropriate uh, if it's not a Wednesday to talk Mean Girls. Uh, my rating for this film. <laughs> thanks. I've seen it once or twice. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, I think I've seen it once or maybe twice. Uh, my rating is going to be 46 out of 69. I think that's, that's my mid tier. I mean, it's higher than I gave book smart last week uh, yeah, for you, Corbin. Yeah. Honestly, what the fuck's going I, on? I enjoy this movie. I think it's really, really smart. Well-written the characters while like very seem very surface level are actually like really complex and, and vary a lot. And, uh, yeah, I can really appreciate that. Plus like, like you said, the production design, the, the costuming, the hairstyling, it's, it's ubiquitous. It, it's never you know many have tried to emulate with with legally blonde and mean girls but i don't think it's ever quite captured the the all or the uh the greatness that is clueless so yeah mina what do you give this movie so obviously i love this movie i don't think it tries too hard it knows what it is and it's just beautiful uh that being said my score is higher than both of yours um, I gave this a 60 out of 69. One of like my all-time favorite movies. I watch it all the time. So I'm glad you two rated it as high as you did. I really thought I was going to have a way higher score than both of you. Did but we did we ruin it for it. you? No, because everything you had issues with, I've always had issues with. So it was fine. That's good at least, yeah. <laughs> Didn't ruin it for you. Can't complain then. So that is Clueless. Uh, we kind of always have a little bit of Clueless with us every podcast because Cody is my co-host. So, uh, you know, it'll, it'll stick with us through the remainder of, of our shows. And uh, I hope that doesn't pain people too much. Now let's talk. What have we been into? Recommendations. Cody, get us started. What you been into? You, you call me Clueless? I don't understand. But uh, yeah, basically... I think that's uh, the point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's why it was funny. Uh, I'm a funny guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically my wreck this week, not a ton, not a ton. Pretty much the same old, same old. 
finished season one of Game of Thrones. Good stuff. Good TV. We're on to season two. Uh, Speaking of uh, familial relationships. Yeah. The, brother, brother and sister. Yeah. Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. He's slaying his sister too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The characters are fun. It's obviously a super unpredictable show. And even knowing that going in, I was still like, wow, I can't believe they killed that Stark. But um, yeah. Spoiler alert. Good so far. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones by now, what are you doing? But, uh, but yeah, other than that, um, nothing much to recommend other than I actually was on another podcast and uh, it was a lot of fun. So I, I say go check out uh, our boys, our compadres at the Rough Cut Retrospective. They had me on. You know, we squashed the beef and talked a little hot takes. But, and you uh, talked some shit about me. Do we want to? I did. I did. Was, any response that, to that? or? Uh, no, I just called you a dummy, basically, I think. Do you have any response now? Um, no, I called you clueless, so I guess we're even. <laughs> and, I, and I had the balls to do it on my own show, so. Well, you're a dummy, so I'll, I'll say it in the show too. But uh, there we go. Yeah, definitely go check that out. I think it was a lot of fun. Somehow the ratings didn't, you know, crash and burn when I showed up, which is kind of surprising. But I think it was actually a good episode, all in all. And uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sure we'll have Jackson and Carter on back on our show again soon. Because uh, yeah, good guys, good pod. Go check it out. That's my Rex this week. Mina, what you got? So. I started watching Downton Abbey a little bit ago and just have totally binged it. Um, it's actually really fucking good. Um, <laughs> and this, you, they can never be happy. They're always sad. Like you get to a high point and then someone fucking dies or leaves. It's terrible. I'd be um, sad if I lived in England as well. I also started watching. Racist. <laughs> Tough. Uh, I also started watching Community for the first time. It's pretty solid. Like what I see so far. And I started re-watching um, Big Bang Theory. So, big TV binge for me right now. Not a whole lot of movies, but I've always been more of a TV person. So. Speaking of Young yeah. Sheldon, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yep. You could see Wallace Shawn every week. I mean, might as well. <laughs> it was worth it. Uh, for me, obviously, a lot of my watching is similarly in, intertwined with what Mina is seeing. So we've been watching Community together. Uh, I've seen it before, but it, it, it's a it's a really, I, you know, it, there's something to be said about the 20 minute, you know, comedy TV show from the, the mid 2000s. I, it's really just easy to get through. It's super digestible. Uh, a lot of TV today is is not very digestible. If it's, you know, a 50 hour epic or not 50 hour, 50 minute epic, like Game of Thrones, every episode where you got to keep track of 30 characters, it's, it's just like putting in a lot of work just to enjoy something. And while it is super enjoyable, sometimes you just want to decompress with a dumb show about people in community college directed by the directors of Infinity War. So uh, we, we watched Rush together as well. Uh, I know you're, I know you're a fan of that movie. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. Is is all right. I know Mino didn't love it. Uh, I my take Underrated. they should have kissed. I've seen it. They should have kissed at the end, like they do in Talladega Nights. That's my take. Uh, Would have made it better. Dude, Rush is a very good movie. Ron Howard, underrated director. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, dude, come on, Daniel. I think Rules. it's a good. Rule is so good in that movie. Very fun movie, I think. It uh, yeah, it deserves more recognition. So, Mina gave it two and a half stars. So it's a good. 
it's a good movie. It's just oh. not rewatchable for me. Like I'd seen it before. Yeah. And I liked it better the first time. Watching it the second time, not so much. No, me and Corbin don't agree on any sort of movies. So <laughs> we don't like the same movies. So. I uh, I'm aware. I've listened to all the podcasts. You guys hardly ever agree. Oh, you, every movie I like, you just hate just because I like it. There's like no other reason. <laughs> That's literally it. I've watched the first like 20 minutes of Rush four yeah. different times and could not make it past that. I had That's what to watch about it. Booksmart. That's what he said about Booksmart too. It's just because, oh, Cody. Booksmart only happened once. No, no, Cody. Cody I watched Rush the first 20 <laughs> minutes before you ever saw it. And no, then no. you're like, oh, it's so good. And I tried it again and it was, I still Cody. couldn't get through it. Oh, Cody said this movie's good. I'll watch the first 10 minutes. Co- and then Cody, his. For the next fucking two years. That's what you fucking do. <laughs> Cody. Cody, his opinion doesn't matter. He didn't like Princess Bride. He's flawed. It's, it's he's basically just banned from takes after that. But uh what else have you watching for? I'm sure you got it more than Rush. Also watched Lost in Translation on the projector with Mina downstairs uh when she was nice. visiting here. Uh, you know, kind of racist a little I bit. Yeah, a little, little racist to Japanese people, so that's kind of tough for Sofia Coppola and Bill Murray. And that's just like Murray. Bill Murray's shtick, isn't it? And Scar- <laughs> he's kind of racist. Yeah, maybe to Asian people specifically, yeah. Uh, but pretty shot movie. Really interesting, like, relationship of, like, like this friendship relationship between a man and a woman, which you don't see a lot in TV, uh, or, sorry, in movies or, or really anything. Also watched uh, Classic from 1984, Paris, Texas. Uh, Two-hour and 30-some movie. Definitely long. A lot of, like, sweeping landscapes and and quiet moments of like reflection with characters on scene, not a movie that gets made today in the same way, uh, a slow burn, I guess. Okay. Power of the dog is, is similar in, in, you know, representing like the, the great West and in a slow burn in that fashion. But uh, there's like a couple scenes in particular in the movie that are just like master classes and like how to shoot a film and how to like frame characters against each other. Um, particularly this one scene that like utilizes one way glass, uh, like a one-way mirror at basically like a sex, like a, like a call center, but like you go in and you sit behind a mirror and talk to women. I don't know. It's a really interesting scene um, in the way that they frame the characters in the mirror and that they can't see each other. And and the way they shoot it is, is, is incredible truly. So Um, also TV wise, something that Mina and I watched a couple episodes of, and I had seen a couple episodes of uh, is invincible. Haven't gotten to talk about it on the show yet. um, But animated gory superhero show with jk simmons and, and steven yin it kind of up my alley so pretty interesting stuff i i'd, I'd recommend it if you uh are kind of itching for something like that a little bit of an adult cartoon that that uh can can play off the typical comic book tropes that that are obviously so popular today yeah that's definitely on my list i do want to check that out all right that is the the end good. of our uh second to last episode check us out next week in the season finale and then uh continue to check us out as we head into season three because we got some really big plans and some exciting things that are going to be happen happening on the horizon uh follow us on instagram tiktok where we definitely post all the time uh twitter at cap podcast k-h-a-p-o-d-c-a-s-t Check out Cody on the Rough Cut Retrospective and follow them. They're great friends of ours and they will probably be on the show sooner than even Cody said a little bit ago, potentially in the next seven days, if we can work things out. Mina, anything you want to shout out? 
meaning i gave my shout outs already i don't know Ch- donate to a charity <laughs> follow you on instagram follow her on instagram not a great no, follow. Don't follow me on Instagram. Yeah, don't follow her on Instagram. <laughs> Cody, fuck off. I'm better follow than you. <laughs> yeah, talk, if you want to talk about a bad follow on Instagram, Cody Webb. What my God. I post like every other week. What are you talking do about? you even have a post yet? He has one. Yeah, I have one. Graduation. That's all you need. I'll post again this week. So again, again, we're just having a random conversation at the end of every episode <laughs> like, we, like we always do. So thank you for listening if you're still here. Peace. Peace. Thanks for for coming on, Mina. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for coming on, Mina. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Always.